This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr. And this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And we're very excited today. A very timely conversation, even though I got to say, guys, looking out my window and the snow is falling uh, rapidly. It's like a snow globe. Oh, my God. I've got a couple teenagers uh, very reluctantly shoveling uh, snow. But we are going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about the Cactus League and no one better to talk about it than the executive director of the Cactus League, Bridget Binsbacher. She joins us from Arizona. Bridget, really nice to have you with us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So a little news, more than a little news uh, last week is you guys sent a letter to Commissioner Manfred talking about potentially delaying the start of spring training. Let's jump right in. Tell us what's going on out there. What are you seeing that led you to this point? Well, it's been, you know, we've been working on this for months. Obviously, preparing for spring training is a major undertaking and, you know, starts months before uh, players and catchers actually report or certainly opening day for spring training. So we have leaders of eight Cactus League spring training host municipalities and the tribal community um, part of an overall task force and that we formed months ago. And so in recent discussions with them, just watching the current COVID environment in Arizona, we, um, you know, felt it would be good to voice our opinion uh, in a united fashion in this letter to MLB um, that we would support the potential, you know, delay of the season. So, you know, and again, these conversations go back before the holidays when we were anticipating a spike, knowing that, you know, the, the numbers might get worse before they got better. And certainly that's what happened. So a week ago, Monday, we finalized that that letter um, on behalf of all of our, our spring training cities and the tribal community saying if there's any opportunity to postpone spring training, that we would absolutely support that. So, you know, that was our intent, basically, to come together as a united voice and express that that opinion and support for that option. And obviously this was not something to be taken lightly in your decision because there's a lot of money involved in the with spring training and and everybody involved from from nearby restaurants and so forth oh my gosh there's so many layers of impact here i you know i i want to be clear that we you know our actions are guided by public health and safety um, not the numbers at the forefront of everything we talk about. It's about public health and safety and, and watching that information. And that's, that's where we've been and that's where we, we still are. The economic impact is very real. And we've done a study every other year now for a handful of years. Um, 
and it, it you know it tells us what that impact would be. We did a study last year that that told us what the impact was in a partial season. Um, so it, again, our focus is public health and safety and looking at the numbers. Again, if there's an opportunity to postpone, that's what we've been focused on. Hi, Bridget. It's uh, Mike uh, up here in Boston, and we're very jealous that you grew up in San Diego and live in Arizona. You really- <laughs> <laughs> so my exposure to extreme weather is limited. <laughs> you know, you re- you really haven't lived until you've shoveled a driveway and gone through like a new Easter <laughs> up here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you sent the letter to the commissioner. Obviously, you know what transpired this weekend in his proposal. Has he responded to you at all in kind? Or are you just getting this news like we're getting it, that there's a proposal to start spring training in mid-March rather than mid-February? You know, we're right now we're getting the news just like everyone else is getting it. We do not have an official response from Major League Baseball to that letter. Um, and, I'm, I, you know, I'm hoping, like everyone, you know, we hear soon that they have landed on some something definite. And, you know, we our, our relationship historically has been with Major League Baseball, um, and we really appreciate the, the partnership and that they have been receptive to talking with us and, you know, just one of our stakeholders providing us with updates and information to make the best possible decisions. Um, we don't have a formal response just yet, and you know, we're in, in anticipating that just like everyone else right now. So, Bridget, let's take a step back, if we can, and talk about the Cactus League and and talk about it from a local economic perspective, because you're also a city council member, I believe. So, you know, you understand this, as you say, the multiple layers of it and the effect that it has on the community, both from, you know, a tourism perspective, from an economic perspective, et cetera. Tell us more about the Cactus League. I think most of our listeners know what it is, but give us sort of the size and scope and and the impact locally. Um, Sure. So we have, uh, gosh, in 2020, again, the season came to an abrupt halt, um, you know, March 12th, I believe it was, and definitely cut our season short. We were in the middle of doing an economic impact study that we partner with ASU on. The last full season that we did that same study was in 2018, and they projected that we were on track to at least make those 2018 numbers. In 2018, we had a total impact of $644 million. That was the direct impact wow. to Arizona's economy. So it is considered, you know, one of the mega sporting events in Arizona. In uh, 300, in, excuse me, in 2020, our total impact based on the partial season was 363 million. And so that's you know, a lot that's of money. Still, yeah, it is. It's a significant impact, but it was reduced by, you know, approximately $300 yeah. million as a result of the partial season that impacts directly hit, you know, tourism, all of the, the lodging and hotel, um, any of the travel accommodations, bars, restaurants, grocery stores, um, transportation. I mean, these are, um, gosh, some many privately owned businesses and local establishments surrounding our spring training facilities that really rely on this influx that comes to our communities as a result of the spring training opportunity. I don't know if you guys have thought about this, and we're talking about COVID. 
But the Miami Heat, they try, they're trying an idea right now. They're bringing in COVID-sniffing dogs, and they're trying to, uh, hopefully the dogs will detect anybody who has COVID, uh, and uh, because of, they can have a small fan base, uh, if they do, obviously they're taken out of the uh, arena. Have you guys thought about something like that, uh, anything along that nature? You know, I I have to be honest, that has not come up in our conversation. Um, but it's a great example of how this is such an ever-changing environment, and we're looking at all options. Um, but no, we haven't we have not talked about that. we We have one advantage, many advantages, but one significant advantage is that we have outdoor facilities, right. Mm-hmm. All of our facilities are outdoors, and even though, you know, they're an intimate setting, actually, they're, it's unbelievable if you've ever been. It's baseball, like, you just, like, no other opportunity, and an opportunity to get up close and personal with, you know, your favorite players and, and see them just in a different way than during the regular season. So it'll look and feel different, for sure. And, you know, up until the day we, uh, you know, the season begins. We're looking at all the different options available to ensure a safe and successful spring training for everyone. Bridget, I know in Florida it's a great opportunity for retired people to get jobs and work at these at these stadiums in spring training. And uh, about how many how many people are employed for by the fifteen teams that you're? I think eight different ballparks. Um, how many people are employed for spring training? And uh, you know with temporary and part-time positions in a full season it's uh you know minimum over 6,000 jobs are created in 2018 we had 3,202 jobs created in the partial season wow so you know to your earlier point we this is not a decision that we take lightly whatsoever um you know that after the, the governor's last executive order you know, that we don't, the, the decision to uh, have spring training or not spring training or not have spring training or the capacity, that does not fall on the Cactus League Association. Um, but after the governor's last executive order, the one that still um, basically everyone's following puts that decision ultimately on these these local leaders to make that decision. And so that's why we're working together with the state and county health officials um, following the data, trying to look at all the information on a regular basis to make the best possible decision. I think overall, you know, we, we want this to happen. And it's important to note that we believe we can have a successful spring training season, um, you know, regardless of when the start date is. We have been working for months to come up with a plan that will allow us to do that safely. Um, and, you know, we're, we're ready. And again, our, our objective here was to come together as a united voice and just express, if you know, support for any opportunity to delay because it gives Arizona an, a, a chance to turn this situation around. And even since we executed this letter, um, you know, the situation is improving and and we just opened here in Arizona another vaccination uh, site, and so that'll be ramping up this week. And again, it's just it seems to be moving in the right direction. 
Well, and and Bridget, I I do wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about that and sort of the the situation on the ground there, because it does vary. You know, Maricopa County obviously has been one of the hottest hotspots, not in a good way, uh, when it comes to this virus. I mean, you've seen it, I think, of course, through this role, but also as your role um, as a city council member. I believe if, if I read your bio correctly, you have first responders in your family. I mean, you've seen this from, from all aspects. What's it been like? Um, well, you know, it's been quite a ride for all of us looking at this and how it's evolved and how long it's lasted. Who would have thought? Um but I will say that, again, when we were looking at all the numbers, we, we anticipated and based on what we were hearing from all the subject matter experts with all we anticipated over the course of the holidays, we, we knew that it was going to get worse before it got better. And that's, in fact, what happened at the same time that we were, you know, we had a vaccine that was ready um, that we could start administering the vaccine and so that's happened and we've had one site um, at state farm stadium open 24 hours and they have been um you know just making sure that that is running smoothly and getting those people their vaccines as they come through and that seems to be working successfully and now they're opening up phoenix municipal stadium and that is basically during the day um, and again, that's going to impact, you know, hundreds. Um, I believe they're starting at 500 a day is what they're hoping to accomplish there. Um, so the faster that they can get those vaccines out, you know, the sooner we can start to see some progress. And so that's very, very promising. Um, but it takes time. All of that takes time. And I think overall, when you look at, what um, you know, without uh, going into too much detail in areas that I am not a subject matter expert in. When I, I evaluate all of the information um, based on the exposure that I have, it's definitely moving the right direction. And I think with every day that we're able to get that vaccine out there, I think really our biggest challenge right now is getting enough of the vaccine delivered to Arizona. I think we're in a position where we can you know, get the vaccine in the arms. We have the resources to do, to do that, but getting the vaccine, enough of it to us fast enough to keep up with what we're available to provide from our federal partners, that's probably the biggest challenge right now. I want to bring up something you touched on earlier, and you hit the nail on the head. An experience at a spring training game is something all baseball fans should go through because it is a special event. The players are up there. I'm a Detroit Tigers fan, and I've been to Lakeland, and I've seen Joker Marchant Stadium, and I'm not going to lie, when I was a kid, well, who's Joker Marchant? I don't know who the heck that is. He didn't play for the Tigers. Turns out Joker Marchant was the Parks and Rec guy in Lakeland, and that's where the park is named. And I bring all that up because you learn those little intricacies. Uh, You get to see the players up there. You get to shout out, hey, guys, get them next time or something like that. It really is a special thing where the players come up and they sign autographs. Mm-hmm. They do. It's amazing. Um, and it is such a great family experience. And for, you know, to see people from all over the country, from even globally, that come for spring training to experience it this way is um, 
there's just nothing else like it. And as a result of experiencing America's favorite pastime, we realize all of these other opportunities. I mean, from our study that we have conducted every time, you know, we're we're looking at six out of 10 fans and, you know, anywhere from 1.7 to 2 million fans coming to Arizona for spring training. Six out of 10 are coming from, you know, out of state, mm. from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Um, and it's it's shown that Spring training is the reason they come, and as a result of that, they're visiting other parts of our state and seeing other attractions and experiences throughout Arizona. Um, they might even be visiting multiple ballparks and seeing their, following their team to, to multiple facilities. And the way we're positioned here in Arizona with our facilities in such close proximity to one another um, you know, it's manageable. It's manageable for fans. It's manageable for the clubs. Um, it's really an incredible experience and has become such a big part of our identity in the state of Arizona. But it's not no longer something that just impacts the economy or impacts tourism. It's truly become a driver of tourism in our state. And again, just another example of the many layers um, that it impacts that we're dealing with. Bridget, does it uh, help you or hurt you um, uh, visitor-wise to delay this thing till March as opposed to starting February 17th um, in terms of school breaks, uh, when people are more apt to travel, March versus February? You know, that's a great question, and I'm, I'm going to tell you that my I am very optimistic. I'm a glass is half full here. We're focusing on, you know, what What's the best scenario? What's going to be the best opportunity, again, for a safe and successful spring training? Um, I, it was a few years ago uh, that, that spring training started to um, opening day was earlier than ever before. Um, with changes with MLB, we we're now starting in the third, early fourth week of February as opposed to the first week in March. Um, and spring training actually hits later in the, the season, a typical season, than it has historically. So I don't, you know, I think there's a tremendous opportunity still to really, um, if it were to be moved, for us to still be able to um, appeal to all of the spring break travelers. And that's when the influx really happens. The first week to 10 days of spring training historically, especially with an earlier start, has been our biggest challenge because that's mostly local folks. And, um, you know, we kind of take it for granted. People notice there's traffic and those stadiums are full and, oh, gosh, spring training has started. Um, it's usually early March, mid-March when our attendance numbers really start to uh, increase and pick up through to the end of the season. Well, we really, really appreciate uh, you spending some time, as we said, uh, a very timely conversation with Bridget Binsbacher, Executive Director for the Cactus League. Best of luck to you. We all want baseball back, but we want it safely and looking forward to something resembling getting toward a normal season uh, before too long. So we really appreciate your time. Thanks, Bridget. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and visit with you this morning. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports.
And I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me at LynchyWCVB. And I'm Jason Kelly. Follow me at Jason Kelly News. We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week. We're going to catch up with Rob Higgins. He's the executive director of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. They've got kind of a big game coming up this weekend, but maybe not exactly the sort of weekend they were hoping for when they were awarded. But they got the home team playing. Tom Brady, heard of him. By the way, Lynchy, you made the crack about shoveling snow, and it went from a snow globe to Yukon in the north out here. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world, and online, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> 